It's six o'clock. Always a good time to call Baird Brothers. Traditional craftsmanship, timeless style. Online at BairdBrothers.com. News Radio 570, WKBN, Youngstown's News, Weather, and Talk Station. What's happening in the Valley? Good afternoon. I'm Macy Jepson. A Trumbull County judge considered him a flight risk and a danger to others. Today, bond was revoked for former Hubbard Mayor Richard Keenan. He will now remain in jail until his sentencing. Keenan on Friday pleaded guilty to eight counts of rape and 12 other sex offenses involving a four-year-old girl. He turned himself in to authorities today. Another name in the Ohio governor's race, Congressman Jim Renacci announcing this morning. The Wadsworth Republican is the first in the GOP to make his candidacy official. You know, I had one individual say to me, well, you could be in this congressional seat forever, and that's not what I wanted. I, I wanted. I went to Washington to change things. I don't think now Washington can wait any longer, uh, or Ohio can wait any longer for Washington, and now I think it's uh, an opportunity for me uh, to take this 30-year experience and come back to Ohio. Other Republicans who've indicated plans to get into the race include Lieutenant Governor Mary Taylor, Secretary of State John Husted, and Attorney General Mike DeWine. Renacci is a four-term congressman, former mayor, and businessman. A man who fired at police during a chase a year ago today pleaded guilty to 13 charges against him. Luis Cruz Ramos was at the center of a massive manhunt and two-hour police chase last year. He's already been sentenced to 21 years on federal charges. In Mahoney County, he faces 25 to 30 years for felonious assault. Investigators are trying to determine what sparked a house fire in Shenango Township this morning that claimed the life of one person. It happened in the 100 block of Buckwalter Road. The victim's name has not been released. And two men were arrested and police used mace to disperse a crowd during a fight last night at Rush Boulevard and East Florida Avenue. About 35 people gathered before officers ordered them to leave. 18-year-olds Cullen Lyon and Tashawn Rutledge were arrested for disorderly conduct. From the insurance experts, R. Kashmiri and Associates News Center, I'm Macy Jepson on Youngstown Warren's only news radio, 570 WKBM. Fox News Radio, I'm Jane Metzler. If I am confirmed, I will do all my powers permit to be a faithful servant of the Constitution and laws of this great nation. That's Denver native and Supreme Court nominee Judge Neil Gorsuch at his Senate confirmation hearing. Judiciary Committee Chair Chuck Grassley said Gorsuch stated a very independent view in his opening statement. He'll face questions tomorrow and Grassley expects a confirmation vote in early April. Democrats on the committee noting President Obama's pick to replace the late Justice Antonin Scalia, Judge Merrick Garland, never got a hearing. For the first time, FBI Director James Comey confirming his agency is investigating whether there was any coordination between people associated with the Trump campaign and the Russians. Comey during House committee hearings today also noting there is no evidence to support President Trump's tweeted claim his predecessor had him wiretapped. Democratic Congressman Denny Heck asking Comey whether Russia tried to change the outcome of the election. So efforts to penetrate voter registration databases, state boards of elections at that level, we saw no efforts aimed at the vote itself. But you did see efforts to penetrate registration rolls? Correct. Comey and NSA Director Mike Rogers expressing concern about leaks as the White House minimized the role of former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn and former Trump campaign manager Paul Manafort. Calling Flynn a volunteer, noting Manafort ran the campaign for just a brief period. 
Manafort issuing a statement claiming there's an attempt to discredit him and President Trump. The president traveling to Louisville, a rally set to start an hour from now. He will be urging support for the Republican health care bill. And a House vote expected Thursday. You're listening to Fox News Radio, fair and balanced. I'm Jay Farner, president of Quicken Loans. Changes in Washington are not only affecting the nation's economy, but your family's as well. Quicken Loans can show you how to take advantage of a cash-out refinance to pay off credit card debt or invest in home improvements. In fact, you may be able to eliminate private mortgage insurance. No matter what's happening in Washington, it's always a smart move to call us at 800-QUICKEN. The rate today on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is 4.375%, APR 4.6%. Experience the confidence that comes from working with a mortgage partner that has your best interest in mind. For seven years in a row now, J.D. Power has ranked Quicken Loans highest in the nation in customer satisfaction for primary mortgage origination. And for the third year in a row, they've also ranked us highest in the nation for mortgage servicing. Call 800-QUICKEN today or go to quickenloans.com. That's 800-QUICKEN. Visit jdpower.com for award information. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. Licensed in all 50 states. NMLS. Consumeraccess.org. Number 3030. Our next update at 630. Just ahead, more stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. 999 menu. Nine great meals. One great price. O'Charlie's. This time. Dave and Sherry with the Legacy Financial Show, Sunday nights at 9 on News Radio 570 WKBN. The Storm Team 27 forecast is brought to you by Mazza Heating and Cooling in Girard, your authorized Pride dealer. Need a furnace checkup? Call Mazza. Scattered rain showers staying in the forecast this evening and into tonight, lows dipping into the upper 30s. Clouds will decrease Tuesday with warmer temperatures, afternoon highs in the lower 50s. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Wetzel. Temperature 49 degrees. The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. It's Monday night, News Radio 570 WKBN. Here's John Arnold's uh, Truth and Investing Show. Monday night, News Radio 570 WKBN. Any activity market wise to talk about today, John? Man, just the opposite. I mean, we couldn't have more boring market than uh, we had today. That son of a gun was as flat as a day is long. I, uh, not, you know, nothing to report on today, but a lot to report on what I think. The future holds. All right. So, despite the, despite these uh, hearings going on with the guy for the Supreme Court and with all these investigations, it really had no effect on the market. Then, none, none. I mean, it was very flat. Uh, right. It was just a, a very flat day. Those days are always great for me because they're peaceful, uh, but they're they call for very boring radio when we're talking about the day. All right, but the, but uh, your clients. And uh, where, and where you think uh, things are going is uh, what people find most interesting. So we're going to get to that. Then later in the broadcast, uh, stay tuned because I'm going to later on. I'm going to I'm going to do the John Arnold biography. That's what I said I'm going to do. How John Arnold ultimately ended up 
doing what you do. Did you know that? See a little surprise for you, John. I'm going to get a little history for our listeners tonight. Too. I would, I would, lo- I would love to do that. I, I think it's important for the audience to hear that. Right to, to to figure out how you ended up doing what you did and to, and kind of your your history. But first, before I get to that, that's going to be coming up on the broadcast. So stay tuned for that. Let's talk. So it was a whole hum day. But what's uh, you know, you are a guy that looks at things and tries to be proactive when it comes to your investors. So what are your thoughts? Well. I, I, I want to say that I, I want to first I say that I think maybe I've been wrong uh, for the past four weeks. We've been for new investors. We've been uh, just holding tight, not you know, basically sitting in conservative positions if they brought in new money because uh, the market has been topped out like it's been since 2009. So if you look at a chart for the past uh, seven years or eight years, every time the market's got to this level, it's pulled back significantly. Well. It's it's broke out of that chart. In addition to that, the 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 put to call ratio has actually lowered, meaning that there's less money uh, putting on insurance right now. Believe it or not, and that just changed the other day, and so it's a downward trend. Meaning that, believe it or not, this market actually might have some legs to it, and, and actually may move forward. So we didn't miss we didn't miss maybe might miss a quarter or a half percent upswing, but uh, there, there's I think there's some money to be made here. Believe it or not, and. I, I, you got to give kudos to both both President Barack Obama and both President Donald Trump because uh, you know th- this economy has kind of created its own snowball here, and, and that's from the other guy, and that's and, and to the current America's rocking and rolling, and the things that are, and, and and from a positive standpoint, and again I, I'm not naive. There's pockets of the country out there. There's definitely people hurting, but the majority of people are you know are in a positive situation i'm ready to get back on the bandwagon i am slowly going to penetrate with new money uh into the market again and i'm going to take and leave where our clients have been making money alone and maybe even get a little bit more conservative with some you know i think we have a position in consumer staples in some of our aggressive portfolios which is uh something like a safety valve i I use in the event that things do go sour we can pick up a dividend and there's a lot of mom and pop stocks in this, you know, to, 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 to take away that, that, that major downturn. But, um, overall I'm bullish. I'm very bullish. And it's one of those times where I'm proud to say that I'm, I was, you know, I'm, I'm wrong and let, let's get back to working, making some money here. All right. Now what's, what's changed? Just looking at the ratios that you were talking about. Yeah. Those rate, that ratio is a big one for me. I always tell people this and they, they, so people say, well, how do you know when they get in and out of the market? The truth is, is no one does. Warren Buffett or Peter Schiff, or John Arnold, you name it, uh, Carl Icahn, none of us do. And, not, and I'm not in those guys' league. By, I'm not, by any stretch of the imagination, I couldn't even wash your socks. But for Youngstown, Ohio, that's what I follow. So, uh, you know, we all we all are guessing at it every day. But we're making very educated guesses, as you always like to include. And they're informed. So this could, this 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 put call ratio is the best answer I give to somebody to say, when do I think I can get back into the market? When do I think I should get out? Well, based on what I think you should, one of the things I really identify with is the CBO the CBOE uh, put the call ratio, which which measures how many insurance policies are being bought on stocks with, without holding a class or the radio about puts, and then. Um, and then the opposite is calls, and where there's a lot of uh, calls being bought, 
Um, and so if the put, the put ratio is high, that means that there's a lot of volatility and a lot of danger in the market. And that tells me that big money thinks something's coming uh, and, and they're protecting their positions. Well, one of the things I do is to protect my clients and my, even my own money is I follow what the big money's doing because I'm, I'm under the firm belief that big money knows what's happening in the market two and a half to three weeks before it happens. Uh, I, I think people like us, Ordinary Joe, are getting the news late, and, and unfortunately they're, they're, they're profiting on our backs. So what I do is I do, I do my very best to follow what the big money's doing. And, and one of the things I use is technical analysis, point and figure charting to do that. And then I also look at relative strength, and I also identify with, like I talked talk to you about just now, but the call ratio. But the call ratio, the trend, uh, just this past couple of days has turned down, which means less volatility in the market. Very, you know, it's a bullish sign. Uh, relative strength is up. Momentum's up in the market. Market's charting in more of a bullish way now. Uh, I think there's run. I think there's run. I think there's some money to be made here, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't go. I wouldn't, I wouldn't dive in head first. I would probably do. I would go into some index, um, some index funds, maybe pick some hardcore winners out there, uh, things you can rely on, and keep a close eye on it. I would definitely not just let the ship sail and let the wind blow where it goes, but I definitely would uh, get back into the market if you own some money, and then, then that includes where I'm going to place my clients. So um, the, the, definitely the tide has turned turn since the past four times I've talked on the show, and I, and I think uh, uh, if you've been listening to me, it's probably time to take a chance. All right, index funds uh, uh, reflecting what the S and P five hundred, the Dow Jones average, <laughs> those type index oh, no. funds. No, I mean that's a good starter, but no, you could pick up the mid cap and the small cap and the Russell mm-hmm. uh, and, and even international indexes. Uh, you know what you want to do. You know we want to diversify. I mean, the Dow Jones is your, is your top thirty. Uh, your SP 500 is your, your your top 500 quality. Nasdaq is the OTC market, which includes you know a lot of you know, obviously small cap, mid caps. You got the Russell in there, and if you could identify the mid cap 400, SP 600, or um, small cap, I should say 600. So uh, I, I can go on and on and on. And there's so many index uh, variations you can buy. You can also purchase uh, low volatility indexes. So you can identify you, what you could do is purchase stocks that are inside an index in a, in a cumulative uh, comprehensively something called the low volatility index so i might i might invest in what's called SSP, SPLV, which is the low volatility sp 500 which identifies and, and drags out just low volatility but low volatility stocks probably low beta that don't have a uh, you know a, a rational move to them in the past and i probably have a nice dividend have one hell of a balance sheet in an income statement, a cash flow statement, and then uh, you, you you spread your risk amongst those, and then now you're now you're trying to spread your risk amongst um, just low volatility stocks, creating even more safeguards and diversification. Now, is it always right now? But you know, if you're going to invest, you got to invest and know that there's some risk. If you can lessen your risk and pick up better than a CD return, and you're one of those people that uh, you know wants that that growth of the market, but you're not willing to put all your, all your eggs to the high risk. Those are some index funds that maybe make a little bit of sense. But the, to answer your question, when I say index funds, everybody rushes to think about, well, just S&P 500, which is VOO or, or, or QQQ, et cetera. 
where you're just getting with Dow Jones or the NASDAQ or the SP 500. No, there's so many more options out there uh, for you. And, um, and that's that. But I will also tell you, there's some things out there that are, that look like index funds, which are exact opposite and that they can really destroy your, your, your portfolio. And those are, um, hedged index funds where they're, they're actually shorting the markets. They're shorting the indexes, but it's not a one for one short. There's a, there's a mathematical equation that goes with them that it will be, I'll be the first one to tell you, um, I don't understand, and most people wouldn't. I mean, you could probably drag a professor out of YSU and say, figure this equation out, and they would have a hard time figuring that out. So a lot of people go in and try to buy these reverse ETFs, and when I say reverse, that means you make money when the, when the market goes down. Sometimes the market won't go down, and they'll actually lose money still, but that's because it didn't hit that exact equation. And now most brokerage firms, including uh, one, the one I use and, and some custodians I use, don't allow those. And, and as a chief compliance officer of my RIA, I won't allow myself or any other uh, advisors under me to use them because, one, they don't understand them. I know that because it's hard for me to understand the, the equation. I know for sure the clients don't understand them, and that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. But why I tell that story over the show is it's easy to get, it's easy to get interested in something that, that says it's going to perform three times the amount of the index on a negative capacity, meaning that if the market goes down 100, you're going to make three times that much. That is not the case. It's easy to get trapped into that, uh, what, what seems like a bargain or seems like a, uh, a sexy bet on the, on the, on the markets. It, it's not. It will destroy your portfolio if you're wrong. So, uh, okay, g- good suggestion. So, uh, so you, you like index funds, but not necessarily. We've got to expand our view of what those index funds are right now as you're diving back in. And do you, uh, and uh, did I, I heard you mention the term dividend. You're still pro on those? I'm always going to be pro on those. And, and that's, this is probably for another show altogether, but when, I, uh, when I'm building a financial plan, I always tell clients, if you're going to start with a, with a financial plan, after you get your insurances and after you get your savings accounts built and, and, and maybe some moderate, moderate risk levels built, the first thing you want to do with creating a, a risk plan is, and this is, again, in my opinion, I think you should start with a dividend portfolio. Before you go into high growth or high, high beta or even, you know, obviously alpha-type models, you should have 10 high-quality dividend-paying equities or ETFs as your foundation because just like a house, in the event that it's not built correctly in the foundation of the week, that first hurricane that comes by or strong wind or, or in tornado if you're in Ohio, your house is going to get crushed. In, our, in the stock market risk equation, the, the correlation there is you're going to have headwinds on the market. Guarantee that. If you have all your, all your eggs in high, high volatility stuff, high alpha stuff, high beta stuff, really just to, you know basically NASDAQ investing, so to speak, you're going to get crushed sometimes. You're going to have to wait it out, maybe a year to two years or three years, just to get back to, to square one. Now, it's just the same. It's the same as if you're investing or seeming building a house. If you build that foundation strong and those headwinds come and your top dividend and your, and your dividend paying, paying high quality investments are standing tall, sure, they might be getting hit on the, on the share price, but they're still paying you a nice, 
dividend, you're still reinvesting, catching that in dollar cost averaging, hopefully on the way up. Even if you're not dollar cost averaging on the current, on the way up, you will eventually dollar cost average in the event that those high quality stocks increase in value. And there lies your stock picking ability. So, or ETF picking ability. So if you, if you're willing to bet that uh, these high-quality dividend-paying stocks are going to perform for you like they have for the past 80 years, I think you're building one hell of a model. I think you're building a heck of a foundation. And then from there, you go up into maybe a, a, a something something in between high-risk and, and low volatility or, or you know low-beta type of investing. So what you do is you go into, say, high-quality mid-cap or, uh, or, or maybe some volatile large cap, um, you know, like an Amazon, okay, or a Facebook. I wouldn't consider Facebook or Amazon, as much as I love those particular companies, something that's high quality or something something that's uh, going to be there for you like a GE. But I think it's on its way. I think there's great potential. And then once you get that layer of those built, then maybe you want to talk about getting into maybe a company like CERS, which is a biotech or a biotech fund. Or you may want to get into a small cap or a plethora of small cap stocks because those small caps ultimately usually small cap and mid cap usually over a 10 year period give you your best return. That, that's been the model for the past 50, 60 years. If you look at a color chart on, on what's performing the best over every 10 years, it's usually small cap, mid cap, but you will also, you will also note on the bad years, those particular sectors get crushed in the 60 to 70% mark. Meanwhile, the large caps can, you know, are steady eddy. They lose a bit, then they come back up. And that's where the term diversification comes in and, too, why I'm always always pounding on people. Let's start with dividend-paying stocks first. Let's stay disciplined. I know it's, you know, it's easy and to get talk, you know, talk at the, at the Clay Club about on the golf course about the greatest, latest fad stock you bought. I, I get that that's cool, but that will crush your portfolio unless you have a great foundation. So... Dividend-paying stocks to answer your question wrong in a long way. My favorite investment of all time will always be my favorite investment uh, unless they reduce the dividend or cut the dividend altogether or unless the overall company just can completely, you know, craps the bet. That's going to be something that's going to be a household for you. It's going to be something that's going to create a nice foundation. So I'm always going to say yes, dividend-paying stocks I'm always in favor of. And uh, and I and I would I would be willing to bet or argue anybody and debate them on the phone or in, in face on show me a better return over a long period of time than a dividend paying portfolio and they're going to be hard pressed to show me that so I hope that answers your question all right so if I if I got the government to wiretap you using an old uh, <laughs> Obama thing would it, would would I be able to, to to come to the conclusion based on what you're saying. And, and you're always getting new clients and new money coming in the door. So is it safe to say in general, and I'm talking in general here, that uh, that the, the new clients, uh, you're putting them in, uh, uh, hang on a second, index funds, uh, and then you're also, the next layer you're putting them in is some dividend st- uh, uh, stocks. Would that be an accurate statement? No, and I'll tell you the way. Well, wait a minute now. Wait, you just said all of that stuff, and I'm listening. No, no, and I'm no, 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 no. You're misunderstanding what I'm doing. So part of that, part of that foundation, part of that, those indexes are carrying the dividend-paying stocks. So okay, you're just, you're, what you're doing is separating the two. I'm actually talking about that all in one. 
All right, but it's still to, to me it's two separate things, but to you it's one. But that exactly. but, but but that's where you're starting with your new money your your new money coming in and your new investors, right? That's that's the foundation yeah, you're building. That's the move I'm yeah, that's the move I'm gonna make. Um and and that's completely different than the move I talked about for the past four weeks because we've been really holding in the safe because my right. God, if if you look at a chart you say, Man, if I'm a betting man, this thing has to go down. But it's breaking through. It's breaking through, and there's, it looks like there's good times ahead. Right, but it's breaking through. But you're diversifying your risk substantially, is uh, exactly. And there, and there lies where I was getting the point. The community—that's the barrier. Of it, I guess I'm trying to get across. It, it, is, would, would there be no. another level after those two levels then that, that you would oh, go yeah. to? Uh, uh, take yeah. take that away next. Just in general, I'm talking, folks. Yeah, in general, we would we would plug into some. We would plug in some dividend-paying equities in general instead of ETFs or, or broadly-ranged uh, index funds like you're you're referring to. Uh-huh. And also, you know, there's some great there's some great investments out there. There's uh, see the thing I get trapped into is I'm not allowed for you know for clients' reasons to give individual stocks because it's branded as right, me right. giving you know giving a pick, but I'm not doing that. No, but uh, you're giving you're, you're giving me a game plan basically. In general, in yeah. general. The Facebooks of the world, the Amazons of the world, the, the, the Apples of the world, et cetera, et cetera. Now, and, taking a chance on one or two of, of those type of stocks. Exactly, exactly. But the, And we're able to do that because we built a quality foundation, a stronghold. Um, and, and that's that. But i got to tell you, just on a quick, quick shift of the lever here, I am so happy to, to get back into the market with this new money because it is so boring and so pathetic that, Call your clients and say, just wait this thing out while they're making a quarter percent but does, in a but, money part. Right, but the clients understand that. There, I, I will go back to say this. John Arnold's our guest uh, on News Radio 570 WQN. We're talking investing. Your clients don't want to say, just as an example, here's $10,000 or whatever. You put it in the market, and and then two weeks later, they have now $8,000. That's what you're trying to prevent, isn't it? Uh, more like uh, 9000 Yeah, I'm trying to prevent... That initial choke of oh my god, I gave this guy X amount of dollars. Say I gave him two hundred fifty thousand, and then now it, it went down ten percent just because he didn't he didn't stay disciplined to his discipline. And now I'm at two thirty, and now we're starting a relationship in the hole. And here's the cool thing: I, I think I do a pretty good job of of interviewing the clients who kind of person they are, and vice versa me. And 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 I show them stuff that say this is why. I'm doing what I'm doing, but more importantly is most of the people come in and say, "Hey, I picked you for a reason. Uh, we're moving forward f- with you for a reason. We're just going to, you know, you're the quarterback." So half of them don't are not interested in what I'm saying. Another thirty percent don't care what I have to say because they're busy doing their own thing, being an engineer or whatever have you. And the other twenty percent are interested. But my job is to give them a thorough analysis of what I'm doing and why. Sometimes I'm going to be wrong, um, but. I'm, here's what I can guarantee, and I hate using that word. They are never going to see me in the, sh- in the shopping mall or, or on you know at a party or whatever, and say, "Why did you make the move you did?" Without a complete basis of what I did, I can literally give them a straight rebuttal in detail with numbers and technical analysis and reasoning behind, and, well, and you know, literally uh, give them something that would beat a jury to say, "Hey." This is why they will always get a definitive answer. Right, I understand that that's your reasoning and that and that kind of stuff, but what? But 
Weren't you hesitant, though, because we were looking at a market that was way up, though, John? I mean... Oh, yes. It's uh, the second longest bull market in the history of the United States stock market. And, and, and wouldn't that lead one to say, let's put the caution light on anyone of sound mind? Yes. Okay, absolutely. so uh, to, to, uh, to put that on, okay, I'm, t- I'm just trying to think out loud here as to why you did some of that stuff. And, you know, and, and not to lose money initially going in. One other thing, turn that down just a little bit. One other thing is the market doesn't like um, uncertainty. Is there still a sense of uncertainty out there, though, John, with these investigations going on? Like, uh, uncertainty with the investigations going on with the um, will he get health care done, will he get the budget done? That environment is still there, isn't it? It is, but I think it's built in. And, and secondly, I think money... You know that term on Wall Street that money never sleeps? I don't, honestly, I don't think money, money cares, to be honest with you. Big money thinks that there's money being made on balance sheets. Hang on, John. Money being made on, on sales. Hang on. We'll come back with more with John after this. This is the Ron Verb Show on News Radio 570 WKBN. It's 6.30. This is a Bloomberg Market Minute. Stocks ended little change. The Dow Jones Industrials fell nine points to 20,905. The Nasdaq closed a fraction higher, and the S&P 500 lost five points. The price of oil fell today. Stephen Shork of the Shork Group says increases in oil output in the U.S. have kept prices in check since OPEC cut production last fall. The rise in U.S. crude oil production since the OPEC announcement has mitigated greatly OPEC's impact on price, and prices now are back below where they were prior to the OPEC announcement. The crude oil futures fell 1% to $48.22 a barrel in New York. Shares of Walt Disney were among the winners on Wall Street. Disney's Beauty and the Beast set a March box office record, the movie taking in $170 million in its opening weekend. eBay plans to implement speedier delivery of millions of items. Guaranteed three-day delivery will be launched over the summer. Jeff Bellinger, Bloomberg Radio. News Radio. I'm Lisa Lissera. An admission from FBI Director James Comey as he appears before the House Intelligence Committee. I have been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm that the FBI is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere, and that includes any links with the Trump campaign and the Russian government, and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. Meanwhile, the White House distancing itself from former associates of the Trump campaign with Press Secretary Sean Spicer referring to former National Security Advisor Michael Flynn as a volunteer of the campaign. And he said Paul Manafort, who ran the campaign until the Republican convention, played a very limited role for a very limited amount of time. Also on Capitol Hill, President Trump's nominee for the Supreme Court, Neil Gorsuch, appeared before the Senate Judiciary Committee. Fox News. We report, you decide. Our next update at 7. Just ahead, more stimulating talk from the O'Charlie's Digital Studios. $9.99 menu, nine great meals, one great price. O'Charlie's. From 8 till 2. The Storm Team 27 forecast is brought to you by Mazzy Heating and Cooling in Girard. Your authorized Bryant dealer. Don't be left out in the cold. Call Mazza. Scattered rain showers staying in the forecast this evening and into tonight. Lows dipping into the upper 30s. 
Clouds will decrease Tuesday with warmer temperatures, afternoon highs in the lower 50s. With your Storm Team 27 forecast, I'm meteorologist Paul Wetzel. Currently 48. For news anytime, go to 570wkbn.com. Brought to you by Donnell Ford Boardman. Discover the Donnell difference. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. Now back to the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. From News Radio 570 WKBN, Ron Verb with John Arnold, 635 on News Radio 570 WKBN. You always heard, though, and you're saying that, uh, that uh, you're not a buyer net. You know, the market doesn't like uncertainty. Uncertainty with these investigations into Russia and Trump's tweets, and they're saying that they're all BS and all this kind of stuff that's going on. Will he get health care done? And, all, and will he get the tax cuts done? That doesn't seem to be playing into the market right now, John. Yeah, it sure doesn't, and if it does, I can't tell because, like I said, it surprisingly this this bull market's moving forward. It's broken through some major resistance lines, resistance lines, uh, in the markets, and and the bulls have taken control again. And uh, this this thing has been long in the tooth. This bull market. I mean, it started right literally the day after Trump gets elected, and it's it's just carrying on. Now the thing that the thing that keeps irking me in the back of my mind, it keeps me up at night. Is my God. If I was if I was going to drop the market, the best way to drop the market is to run it up, make a breakthrough, you know, make it appear to be the perfect bull market, and then short it, and then find a catalyst to drop it. Uh, just like it happened in two thousand nine, with that catalyst being a um, the, the severe subprime mortgage crisis and many other things, by the way. So that. Uh, that's what I fear is because I cannot find that catalyst. I don't know what that is. The only thing I see coming is, is pension plans failing, but I think that's, that's years away or, or I want to say years, but, uh, within short term years, I should say two to to five years away. I I don't see anything short term catalyst wise, except for a major ice attack. And hopefully we can keep that from happening. Taking this market down. I I just don't, uh, you know, it, it, you know, this the American economy is rocking and rolling, and, and I and I I don't want to be contradictory. I don't think the economy and the stock market go hand in hand, identical, but they definitely are related to each other. Obviously, I can't find a reason to take this market down. I can't I can't find a weakness, and technical analysis wise, it is it, pushed through. And uh, if 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 I had to if I had to sway a jury on getting in or getting out of the market. Right now, I, I don't think I could beat the uh, opposing attorney in saying this is why I'm staying out of the market. I think he would win. So I do what the numbers say, and I do it objectively what I'm supposed to do, and I think it's it's time to head back in with, with caution. Is uh, Would it be safe to say that it's all subject to change? I mean, this could change next week on the broadcast. Oh, man. that That's the problem with my, my field I'm in is – so many a significant event can happen in an hour, and then this thing is upside down, and I look like a fool uh, from a, from a stupid prediction or or trying to reallocate to to the benefit the clients, even though the market conditions are are just right. That that that's then that's that's where I come and 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 say this truth that no one wants to hear. 
we are all making informed guesses at the market every day. Uh, you're right. You couldn't. You could not have made that a better picture for the listenership. Is we are truly, very truly at the mercy of the future. It's not like you're performing surgery or um, you're making a presentation where you can prepare for it, or you've you've done that operation many times. In this case, it's here's what I have to offer to you today based on the news that's in front of me today. But if the Golden Gate gets Golden Gate Bridge gets blown up tomorrow at twelve o'clock, and because of a terrorist attack or uh, there's a nuclear meltdown in Japan that's going to cause Japan to lose you know a couple other islands. There's so many unknown things out there that can affect the stock market that you don't see coming. Uh, It's just the way it goes. And and that's why people, I think people do a horrible job of mistaking an investment for a paycheck. People that get into the stock market or going into a market volatile condition expecting to get a, a constant return or, you know, it's money in the bank are fools. It's an investment. It's the same as buying an antique car or a painting, or a home in a value price, you think you're going to sell it in the future to significant value, uh, obviously up from where you bought it at. And sometimes in between, that market gets rocked. Now, imagine something that's electronically traded on milliseconds uh, on the New York Stock Exchange and trying to, to navigate that. There's, there's no such thing. So um, you just got to... The stock market is just for most people. Sometimes it's not for all. Uh, it, I, I, real, I have relatives that it's not for, and I have some brilliant investors that it's just great for. I, I have I have a client named Diane. I can't use her last name, but um, seven years old. She's uh, she saves about six hundred thousand um, dollars, and at seven years old, you know, she my I think my she invested the money with me. I want to say September. Her accounts are up 12%. Now, first glance, that's like, wow, that's great. But really, that's not because the SP 500 is at the 16% mark uh, since since Trump got elected. So I'm underperforming. But here, here, I look at the big picture. I have purposely underperformed because I didn't want to take and keep pace with the SP 500 because that's the risk level. It's 70 and a half where she's at. I want to underperform because. The, because we need to be taking less risk. Well, she wasn't happy with that. And at the end of the day, she's a very savvy investor. She understands the market. I told her various situations that, you know, we could very well be telling you this thing's lost 50% tomorrow. Uh, if you want me to go into individual equity, she understood that. But I will say, um, extremely savvy investor. And you got to take the mark, you got to take and invest to everybody's personal preferences, knowing that who they are and how they understand. And this lady really understands. So we made some changes and we're already rocking and rolling, but there's a perfect situation of a story to where, you know, it's not a a one size fits all when it comes to age and and ability and education wise. So, right. But that is a rare bird. That's a rare bird. You're talking about very, I mean, and the fact of the matter is I sit here and sometimes folks in utter amazement when a, when somebody would be complaining about a 12% gain in this day and age because they want more than that. I mean, so, you know, part of, part of what you've told me in past broadcasts is part of what you have to do is keep people's expectations in reality. Uh, you know, her problem traditionally, wouldn't you say at 70 and a half, if the market goes down substantially, she might not live long enough to recover. And that's why you're more ca- cautious of that at her age. 
Oh, I told her that. I told her that exact sentence, as a matter of fact. And she says, I understand. But I also can tell you I've lived through 2002 in 2008 and 1987. And I understand how this market works. And I understand that if you're going to make real money, you got to take risk. And you know, at the end of the day, you have, that, you have the choice as an advisor to say, hey, we are not a fit. And I won't take that risk at seven and a half. Or you say to yourself, man, this is a rare bird. Uh, this is an awesome client. This is a very intelligent person. She's a dream come true client. This is why she's made so much money over the course of her life. I'm going to go with it. And, and, and I'm secure with it. And is, so, that, is that more, in that particular case, investing in uh, more risky ETFs? Or is that no, more of an individual? Equities. Individual she's equities. Individual okay. equity woman, yep. Which is funner for me, but scary. Just, get, just don't tell me an equity. Give me a hint of what what areas she likes. No, uh, Amazon, Facebook. Oh, those uh, kind of okay. Uh, okay. So that kind. when I say individual equities, I mean common stocks. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just kind of those. All right. Those those type of areas. That is, yeah. a, but that is a rare bird that says that's what she what what she wants to do. Just as a side note, and that's just all based on age and and what have you. But still, I mean. Don't you sit back at some point and say, well, 12% is pretty good, but it's not good enough? That ever occurred No, yet? no, I, I actually took the blame on this one because she came out of the gate telling me what kind of investor she is. But you got to keep in mind, I've, I've seen careers, including mine, almost got destroyed over people's change of heart or people think they understanding risk and, and they really don't. And, uh, you know, I play it cautiously. I play cautiously for myself. I play cautiously for the clients because... I've been through two severe bear markets in my 17-year career. It, it, it's, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing to live through as a broker. It's a horrible way to watch your clients that you care and love so much get hurt. So I'm, over, I'm overly cautious. So, but she did come out of the gate and tell me, listen, I'm, I'm an aggressive investor. I, I want individual equities. I want these kind of returns. Now, she didn't say percentage-wise, but she said she wanted aggressive returns. In my mind, 12% aggressive return. But it's all relative when you got a sixteen percent SP five hundred. So uh, it, 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 it's just a good story for the listenership out there to say, man, one, maybe I'm not taking enough risk. Two, maybe I need to be a better investor and be patient. And three, maybe I'm not that kind of investor. Maybe I'm a person that needs to be below beta. Maybe I need to be in at eight percent when the market's at twelve, et cetera. Mm-hmm. The main thing is. Clients are not one size fits all. We don't just shove them into a model based on what the parameters say. You know, we do a thorough interview analysis. They do one on us, which which I appreciate. Um, and and sometimes that job interview, I don't get the job, and sometimes they don't become the client. But I would say ninety percent of it it comes together. But it's just not a one size fits all model. Is my whole point of this thing, um, and and that's the best I can offer. All right, hang on a second. Let's go to Dick uh, out there. There's a question about uh, 401k plans. Go ahead, Dick. Hey, how are you doing, John? Doing well. How about you? Oh, good. Uh, Ron, uh, I, I, I just wanted to give you a little bit of background. I've been at Lowe's uh, 21 years, mm-hmm. and uh, I've got a pretty good uh, plan. You know, I've got I've uh, my 401k, yeah. and then I've got, uh, you know, uh, probably... Uh, I'll probably work about another year and a half. I'll be there 21 years, and I'm I'm waiting, you know, uh, to build my 401k plan up. Well, Dick, in another year and a half, roughly, how old will you be then? 
Uh, I will be seventy. All right. So you're not. So you've been working, and you're going to retire once you hit seventy, and then you'll get Social Security. Have you checked to see how much? I mean, it should be pretty oh, good. I've got that coming to me, Ron. With, also with my check too. Oh, are you on Social Security currently? Then yes, I am. Okay, so you you're collecting Social Security in addition to working. Okay. In working in the benefits i have you know that 401 right and then, now now also john he'll have to start withdrawing out of that at 70 won't he 70 and a half all right 70 and a half so you'll be close to where you, you'll have to be taken out okay so you're going to quit working all together then dick yeah probably around 70 what i'm going to have to and what and you want to know about what 401k plan options or what yeah the 401k plan options in what sense and uh, I'm going to use it as my retirement money, and it's quite a bit. I, I should have enough in there for probably 15 years. All right. Uh, Dick, do you feel comfortable saying an amount on the radio, a rough amount estimate? Uh, no, it's it's pretty high. It's pretty high. Okay. Uh, can you give me any more than pretty high? 300, 400, 500? Oh. Well, I don't think he wants to get into that. So All what right, is so. so. so what I was trying to do is find out mathematically what I think he would be able to get uh, and make that thing stretch out till his ending days. So you're probably going to get between eighteen and $2,100 a month on Social Security, am I correct? Yeah, yeah, that's about okay. what I get. Yeah, right. Okay. Uh, you know, bottom line is, is you got two options here. You can obviously keep it in the current 401k um, plan. Okay. And you can obviously draw from that. You can have them send you a check monthly. It depends. I, I, if I remember right, Wells Fargo has that plan. Am I correct? Yeah, Wells Fargo take care of that. Yeah. yeah. So Wells Fargo has that particular plan. I know you have very – I don't think it's a good plan. I think there's five options in there, plus you have well, uh, low stock. Low, low stock, stock is, yeah. has done great. But you're, you're at an age and close to retirement to where you should have a very little percentage of your money in an individual stock. Oh, okay. Anyways, yeah, that's that, – and I mean this in the most respectful manner. That is common sense because low stock is as good as that company is, is as good as that the stock is. If that company falls, we have a, a market crash. You're going to lose more than the average bear. And if you need yeah. uh, backup on that, ask some of my GM employees that kept their GM stock in 2008. Mm. So you want to you want a really diverse low stock, and you want to be very conservative, and you want to probably gauge. Four percent, or you want to multiply what you have in there? That's what I was trying to ask you. I wasn't trying to pry, but I was trying to well, give okay. you a guesstimate on where you should be at. So, take where you're at, multiply that figure times four percent, divide that out by twelve, and that's where I would feel you feel comfortable drawing from over the course of your life. If the, if you're trying to not uh, you really attack the principal. Now, if you don't mind depleting the principal along with the interest capital gains. Uh, in dividends, you probably want to. You could probably get away with drawing five and a half percent out. Oh. Now, the other alternative is, and this is a sales job on you, but it's it's also the truth. Okay. If you feel better coming to somebody, me or another person that does what I do, you roll that money over to your own IRA. The advantage to you in doing that is your your options of investing become to thousands versus five options. You're not gonna you're not gonna be Part of the participation, meaning that you know, Lowe's, Lowe's the four hundred and one k plan provider for Wells Fargo is not doing that accounting and they're not doing that management for free. They are charging you, and, and they're charging that fee to the majority of the employer, but the participants also pay some of that fee. You don't have to worry about that. Okay. Third, 
a Wells Fargo advisor is not, the person that set up that 401k plan is not going to be advising you or managing your money. That's not what they do there. You could roll that money over to your uh, to a Wells Fargo financial advisor, somebody that I can be with. You can roll it over to your own IRA and say maybe a Scott trade. You mean when he quits, or, when he retires? Yeah, or you can do it now. You can there, There's a provision in the plan of 59 and a half. You're allowed to roll that money over anytime. So you can roll it over as we speak without even retiring. So, um, Or you can roll it over to me. And, and what we would do is we would sit together, discuss what kind of investor you are, you know, who you're, what this money's for, if you're trying to leave it to somebody, uh, if you're trying to drag this money out for the rest of your life to um, obviously not outlive it mm-hmm. and, and, and get better investments. And I think that's what I can provide to you, and that's what most financial advisors can provide to you. Dick, at, at 70, how much money a month do you need to live on if you get eighteen to 2000 a month from Social Security? Well, I was thinking, Ron, I don't know, I... This is where I have to talk to my human resource lady, you know. No, but I'm oh. saying, I mean, uh, 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 do you pay rent? Do you have, uh, do you no, know? No, no. Okay. My so, girlfriend's power of attorney. Uh, your girlfriend's power. Oh, geez, there's the first problem. She's your girlfriend. But here, well, no, I think what runs after is, like, what kind of budget are you on? Yeah, I mean, do you? Figure out how much money you need to live on per month. Well. I, I, probably not that much. I mean, right? I mean, right, do, do, right. You, do you spend more than 2000 a month? You can leave it to the Ron Verm Family Trust. No, but I'm saying I'm saying hey, there's a couple of things that I'm saying to him. He's 70. Hopefully, you'll live another 10 years, Dick. Hopefully, you'll make it to 80. But you might not make it to 80. Yeah. So if there's, uh, don't you often say, John, if there's something he wants to do, he should start thinking about doing it. Man, I'm always preaching that. Always preaching. You know, because well, you you're 70. With it either. You know, if you want to. Yeah, I mean, if here's the thing. Usually, I would say people that don't are, are not raising their grandkids or not, not helping their kids or haven't really, basically haven't really made a stupid budget, meaning that they still have a lot of debt at 70. And I imagine by talking with Dick that he's not one of those. He probably has minuscule bills. And I imagine your bills come to maybe 800 in utilities, probably another 500 for entertainment, which leaves you another probably $800 in, you know, it's discretionary. Right. What Ron is saying to you, Dick, is of, of the money that you have saved in Lowe's and maybe anything else, what he's saying is, is how much of that do you really need? Have you figured that out? No, I haven't figured that out. Well, that, there, there's your first. There's your first thing you have to do. Okay. Make a budget. This is what I need to live on. This is what I'm going to get Social Security. And then, by the way, are you looking to pass this money on to your wife or kids? Uh, I'll probably give it to my my cousins. See, all my dad's relatives are dead. I won't give it to my aunt. It just probably goes to my friends, girl, and then and my, my cousin Carla and my cousin Tony. Well, what about I, cousin John? Well, I hope you enjoy it, though, Dick. It's your money. Yeah. I mean, so, you know, when you retire, if you want to get, do something or see something or buy a new car, then do it. Because, oh, okay. No, I mean, how often, John, do you see people, they leave it to what he's saying, and those people go out and blow it right away on something that they they want. Here, Dick is busting his ass, you know, working and saving this money, and, you know, I'd rather see you enjoy it, Dick. Yeah, well, thanks, Ron. I really would. I'd re- really like to see you say when you quit, if you're still healthy, you know, then I got some money. Maybe you want a new car. Maybe you want to go to, uh, who knows, somewhere else in the country, you know, or to see some of the country or something like that with you and your girlfriend. Or maybe you want to take her out to eat every night or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? 
<laughs> right. Well, thank you for the advice. Thank you, sir. You know that. Uh, th- let me do this here. Let me. Okay. Thank you. That's. A, it, it, he reminds me of what you say to so many of your clients. So, John. You know. I mean. I'm all for you know saying okay I don't want to spend it all I'm going to leave some to my kids and that kind of stuff but it sounded to me like he didn't have any kids it sounded to me like he's going to leave it to cousins and that kind of stuff and I'd rather him enjoy it he worked for it he earned it and he's still well, working I at seven. Goal would be because I think he's a I think he's a giving guy I can tell by the way he talks um, good dude there um, I think he, he should do both so like I said it comes down to figuring out a budget how much should I take from this thing. To where I, there's a good there's a good chance that I, even after taking money out of this 401k lump sum, I can pass some of this money on to my cousins, mm-hmm. and that, that's what I'm thinking. Like, okay, let's say you need eighteen hundred bucks a month to live, take out three thousand a month, maybe that leaves you a couple hundred thousand dollars to leave, leave to the cousins. I think one dollar more than zero is better than anything to a cousin. So, my point is, is uh, good for him. He saved his money. He's he's, he's Seventy. I like. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Yes, and I'm always, and I'm laughing to myself because I know my, if there's clients laugh listening to this program, they're laughing, saying, "Yep, that damn John Arnold's always trying to get me to spend my money." And yes, I am because I don't want them going to the grave with a lot of money. I want them to enjoy it. They work hard for it, and uh, and use common sense. It doesn't mean you spend all your money, but you know, let's let's get let's get some European trips made. Let's let's buy that. Cadillac instead of that Cavalier. You know what I'm saying? So right now, uh, that, that's the best common sense thing I can say. Any thoughts on oil prices? As I, I thought, I saw that they're still staying low. Any effect there? Yeah, the, the so-called experts think that uh, we're going to go into another glut. Uh, you know that the oil's on the downtrend. Um, there, there's not. I don't know any more than, than the news is reporting on that oil. I'll tell you the truth. I, I think it's probably going to be stuck in neutral. Um, unless you get into a war of some kind or a threat of a war, you're probably going to see oil hover around between 45 to $55 a barrel. Uh, it's going to take something catastrophic or a major catalyst to probably get into the 70s and 80s, which, by the way, you and I will definitely disagree. I think it will be great for, for us, America, and for me. I have clients in oil investments. I have some myself, and, um, you know, oil going up provides better jobs and bigger jobs, and right. But, my but, clients oil checks better, but it does not help you. But for the people that got to fill a gas tank, they like it. They, they like the word of maybe more of an <laughs> they oil like glut. Two dollar two dollar gallon of oil. Yeah, right, absolutely. and and they like and uh, and they like that. So no major effect of that that you see in the market, other than maybe no, on I oil don't. stocks or I something don't. along those. Any news in retailing we need to know about, good or bad? Yeah. Or, okay. I, I think. I mean. They say retail, I think, uh, is like 30, it has an effect of like 37% on the GDP. Um, and I think overall retail is exploding on some areas. And then I think retail is getting demolished on, on some. I mean, you look, you look at H.H. Craig, all right? So H.H. Craig's going into bankruptcy. You look at Macy's. You look at J.C. Penney's. Those are household names on the retail circuit. But then you look at other retail, like Amazon, which is retail. You look at other uh, sectors of retail that, you know, they're just doing great. So if you, retail overall is kind of ba- doing a balancing act from the stuff that's, you know, from the, the businesses are getting destroyed from poor, for, you know, between poor planning where they just are not attractive anymore to businesses that are just doing outstanding, turning, you know, a profit for the first time two years ago, like Amazon. 
it's kind of bouncing. So I think overall, overall retail's okay. Um, but I think I think your major your major oomph for this, the major gas pedal in this market is going to be your infrastructure, uh, your construction, uh, those kind of building. Which is yet to, which is yet to come. We should see what the stimulus does to that. Might give stocks a boost there. All right, you want to get a hold of John Arnold off the air? You're thinking about maybe changing investors. You're thinking about getting out of the bank. You want to see what his game plan is for you or what he can do for you? Well, how do we find you, John? You can uh, get a free consultation from us at uh, three eight six nine Star Center, which is the last building on the left, and Star Center there, right off, the, right after Tippecanoe. So when you pull into the when you pull into that Star Center, you take a left, last building on the left, big signs of General Wealth Management, opposite end of the poorhouse, opposite end of the Orthopedic Center. Um, you can give us a call three three zero nine six five nine eight nine zero. Obviously, I'm always available for. A phone interview, free consultation, that kind of thing. You can check us out at www.jewealth.net, www.jewealth.net. If you want to take a look at what I have to offer, uh, website-wise, that's where I'm at, or you can like our Facebook page. All right. Go to Facebook, check us out there. Thank you, John. We'll talk next Monday at 6. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right, that's John Arnold. He's here Mondays at 6 on News Radio 570 WKBN and Ron Firm. Back tomorrow afternoon at 3. Don't forget Handsome Dan Rivers, 8 o'clock.